Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, world, and welcome in to Trust the Tape, episode 17,372,941. The best podcast there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh at JC1053 on the Twitter, alongside my co-host and the greatest mind in college football. Enjoy him while he's here, because when he's running an NFL team, one of those teams will stop being terrible, and we won't have him anymore. Good morning, Dane. Good morning. Dane Brugler, at DP Brugler on Twitter. You had a nice little weekend, uh, enjoying the outdoors. Yeah, I went on vacation. Uh, I follow the Cowboys, and they had a bye week, so I left. That's what I do. But I did manage to sneak in Texas OU. I did not miss Texas OU. You'll be happy to know. I didn't miss it. It was one of the one of the good games. There were a lot of good games this weekend. Yeah, every time that I say it's going to be a bad weekend and you tell me to just actually watch, uh, I don't believe you. That's college football. And I'd like to apologize because it turns out that you don't have to have ranked teams playing ranked teams for uh, for weekends to get wild. You just have really good teams lose to bad teams. And it's that's, great. And that's why as much as I hate there being rankings this early, uh, I think the college football playoff rankings does it right. They don't start until uh, you know towards the end of this month. But for the fact that we can say that four top ten teams went down this weekend, that's why I'm okay with the rankings. Because I think it, that's why fun. they have them. Oh, and no, no, they no know question. It, it generates all the conversation. Absolutely. And then networks can say that you know they have this team against this team, and then you know we can talk about four top ten teams going down. It was just it was a fun weekend unless you are a fan of some of the teams that got upset. So the only team obviously the four teams that got upset, Washington State uh, Washington State got smoked. Yeah, it wasn't even close. By Cal. That wasn't a football game. 37-3. Yeah. Washington lost to Arizona State. Clemson lost to Syracuse. And then the only other top 10 team is Auburn losing at LSU. I think that's probably the only team that your season is buried unless things get weird is that if you're Auburn, you now have two losses. Alabama and Georgia have zero. The only top 10 team that I think their season in terms of playoff is over, unless it gets really weird, is Auburn. Probably. The only thing that you can say for Auburn, though, is who do they have left on their schedule, both Georgia and Alabama. So, yeah, just beat them both. Unless things get really crazy, you know, that that is the only saving grace for Auburn right there. But we haven't had a two-loss uh, national champion under the current format, so... You know, it's uh, you know things would have to get pretty weird for stuff to happen. But let's let's go chronological order. Clemson, Syracuse, uh, Clemson going to the Carrier Dome on a Friday night, Friday the thirteenth. Things got a little weird, and you know Kelly Bryant, the quarterback, was banged up with an ankle, uh, and you could tell the entire first half. And then towards the end of that first half, thrown to the turf, uh, suffered a concussion, didn't play the rest of the game. Uh, it was. It, but I don't. I don't want that to be the story of this game. It wasn't because Kelly Bryant got hurt that Sy- that Syracuse pulled the upset. Syracuse was, you know, they p- jumped out to a quick start. I mean, it was seventeen to fourteen uh, in the second quarter. So I give Syracuse all the credit. Eric Dungy at quarterback was fantastic. I, I'm a big fan of his. I don't know how he's going to be able to stay healthy with as many hits as he takes, but he is a fun college football player to watch. Uh, the entire offense, Dino Babers, uh, you know, running that spread, 
you know they're going to score points. And so they did just enough towards the end of the fourth quarter, uh, held off uh, a, a very good Clemson defense. So uh, credit to Syracuse. They pulled the upset. And Clemson, you know, I, I think there were some questions maybe going. I, I've heard last week is Clemson the number one team in the country. I think we uh, we definitely got our answer this week. No, one and two are in the SEC, aren't they? I, I, yeah. I mean, I don't care what the actual AP rankings say or the coaches poll says because right. we're smarter than them. But just watching football, Alabama and Georgia are number one. And I think Georgia's number one. That's what I think. Now, they'll they'll figure just, it out. They'll yeah. go on the field and figure it out most likely. But right. I think right now, Georgia's the best week-in, week-out football team that I've watched. And that's why I mentioned it last week. I would not be surprised if we see two SEC teams get in to the Final Four. Now, we have a long way to go. It's still October. But with the way those two teams are playing, uh, they're not slowing down. So no, when Georgia beats Bama twenty-three to twenty in the SEC title game, they're both yeah. going to the playoffs. And you know, if you look at it, Alabama might not have a great win on their schedule at that point. You look at it; they'll have beaten Florida State, which doesn't look like a great win. They'd have beaten LSU and Auburn, which are solid wins, not great, but solid. So Alabama will be in the discussion with some of these other one-loss teams, maybe a conference champion, uh, it, it really will get interesting. Could you, know college... how this, you know how this works. Well, yeah. Washington or Washington State ain't going to the playoff over Bama. No, it's, when it comes down to it, it's about brand. Yeah. And so Alabama is more than likely going to get in, but it will make for an interesting discussion if a conference champion, maybe let's say maybe it's OU, it comes down to OU, a one-loss OU Big 12 champ. Uh, OU can beat Bama to get in a playoff. I think yeah, OU. I think OU can do it because they would be a conference champion, and the brand and, and the and brand they, is big enough. And but they if, likely I'll, have the best win between yeah, the two. But I think if you let's run it down this way, it's Washington. It's one loss Washington Husky football, who's a conference champion, or it's one loss Alabama, and their only loss is to the number one team in the country by a field goal. Right. Exactly. And. Washington's one loss is to a terrible Arizona State team that might not even go to a bowl game this year. Uh, is my so, high school coach still there? Is it still Coach Todd Graham? Yeah. Oh, come uh, on, Coach, get it back together, man. Well, I mean, it's uh, he was great at Allen. I didn't think any way he's going to make it past this year, but a big win against Washington if he's able to, you know, get Arizona State turned around the rest of this year. Who knows? But I'd still be surprised if Arizona State. Uh, doesn't make a change. Uh, then Surprised also, to hear you're such a hater of Allen High School football, Dane. Surprised to hear that from you. It's not so much Allen. That's just, where Todd Graham made his I, name, okay? I mean, Todd Graham, the way he left Pitt and then went to Arizona State, that left a bad taste You know in they don't mouth. like him at Rice either. I found that out. Yeah. Yeah, my guy doesn't have... He burns bridges. Yeah, whoops. Well, you know, we're just Damn. trying to get to the top of the mountain. Uh, but, can we go back to Clemson for a second? Okay, and yeah. I think this will apply to both the Washington schools as well. But mm-hmm. you lose to Syracuse, and you shouldn't. And it doesn't look good, but in that conference and with, um, I guess it kind of goes back to brand, like you're saying, there's still a pretty decent chance that Clemson is a one-loss conference champ and that they go into the playoff, right? Like this oh, yeah. loss is easily overcomable, Definitely. even though it's worth talking about today. Yeah, no question. The way Clemson has played this year, uh, you know, they've, they've passed tests against teams like Auburn. You know, they beat Auburn, they beat Virginia Tech. Um, so yeah, there's no question that they can, uh, get past this and, and, you know, be the ACC champs, go to the playoff. Uh, but I think they showed that they are beatable. Uh, and so we'll have to see down the stretch how they do. Uh, but I, I still think if we're talking about 
putting together a Final Four today, it'd be hard to leave Clemson out. Today? Yeah. You put them in today. Hold on, well, i got to go through four, it. Because the Pac-12 just hurt themselves bad over the weekend. Oh, I think there's a... I would be very surprised at this point if the Pac-12 makes the Final Four. Yeah. Uh, just forecasting out. Well, um, you need USC to catch fire. If if USC... Because of the brand and the Darnold. Right. If USC wins out and they they need some help, you know, a team like like Notre Dame. They're, they're, if they beat Notre Dame this Saturday night and then Notre Dame wins out after that, Notre Dame's a two-loss team. So that looks like a great win. Uh, they need... USC needs teams, the rest of the Pac-12 teams, to start winning. So the rest of their wins look good. Yeah, USC has a shot, but I don't feel great about the Pac-12 making it at this point. Are you saying today it's Bama, Georgia, Penn State, Clemson? I, I think that I, I think two SEC teams. I think Big Ten. A spot goes to the Big Ten. Whether it could be Ohio State if they knock off Penn State next week, uh, but right now I'd say Penn State, and then the last spot probably comes down to OU or Clemson. I mean, you're talking about two teams who don't have a great loss. Uh, both have some pretty solid wins. OU probably has the better win with the the win over Ohio State in Columbus. Uh, but that's it, it's a, it's a great discussion because I think you can make a a valid case for each. Okay, so another school that got upset, Washington State, a top 10 team, got beat by Cal by 34 points, and they only scored three points in the football game. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to take a little bit of credit or blame, depending how you feel about Washington State, because uh, for the first time all year here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, we had Mike Leach on the air on one of our shows on 105.3 The Fan, <laughs> flagship of the Cowboys, uh, and then they just went out and they were terrible at football. So I think it's partially our fault. Um is that a season ender to lose by 30 something to Cal? Let's say they went out. Nobody else in the Pac 12 is a one loss team. It's just Washington State standing on the mountaintop. Is that enough to keep them out? Yeah, it's tough to overcome. I mean, it, it, it wasn't just the loss, it was the way they lost. Uh, I mean, this, and I've talked before about how I'm very uh, lukewarm on Luke Falk. And this is exactly the reason why he threw five picks. And he looked bad the entire game. He wasn't reading the defense. The defense knew exactly what to do to game plan against Washington State. It wasn't close. That not, I mean, that even in the second quarter, uh, Cal at one point before halftime went for, uh, instead of kicking the field goal in the final seconds, went for the touchdown. They got it. Ever since then, you felt like it was over. Uh, and, I mean, Coach Leach said afterward, they were just pathetic. And, he, I mean, you, he never mints his words, and he didn't after this game. And he was absolutely right. They were pathetic. Uh, I think Washington State, they're, they need to win out for USC to uh, possibly get propped up because you know USC's one loss is to Washington State, and to look, make that loss look a little better, they need Washington State to win. But, yeah, I'd say for Washington State's purposes, it's, it's probably done. Washington, their losses to Arizona State, bad football team, but it's 13-7. to It was a close game. Over? Uh, I... <laughs> The thing with Washington is, I mean, last year they were a one-loss uh, conference champ, went to the playoff. But their one loss was the USC, who was the best team they played last year uh, in the regular season. So this is different because Arizona State's a bad football team. Uh, and they didn't play well in this game. And uh, so I, I think it's a little different. I mean, you can't say it's over. I mean, Pac-12 still has a chance. But it's just it's it's such a small chance. And 
A big part of it is because the Sun Devils just they're not a good football team this year. I mean, they have some decent players, Kalen Balage. Uh, a lot of people like him as a prospect, a running senior running back. I think he's more of a looks like Tarzan, plays like Jane type of guy. Oh wow, shots fired! I, you know, he just here's Dane saying women can't play football. <laughs> when you watch his tape, you'll cut, you'll understand what I'm saying. Uh, just Washington should not have lost this game. Uh, and you know, I get in debates all the time on Twitter with some Huskies fans about. Uh, Jake Browning, whether or not he's a next-level quarterback, it's kind of off the point to this game. Browning didn't – I mean, he's kind of like Cody Kessler-ish, where, <laughs> you know, he's not going to – Don't say that name well, on this podcast. He's not going to throw a lot of turnovers, but he's also not going to push the ball downfield either. There's not a lot of explosive plays that he's able to generate for that offense. Cody Kessler is my least favorite college player of all time Yeah, and when like, it comes to scouting for pro football. I've never seen a guy run out the clock on his own team on purpose. NFL, too, and – Yet, there, I know there are some few, very few Browns fans clamoring for him right now, which is the absolute just rock bottom for that franchise. But uh, anyways, back to this game. Uh, make things even worse, Washington, their left tackle, Trey Adams, who is a projected first-round pick, might have been the first tackle drafted towards ACL in this game. He's done for the year. Uh, the one silver lining is he announced he'll come back for a senior year next year because of the injury. But uh, nonetheless, this is this is a bad loss for for Washington. Only score seven points uh, against a Arizona State team. Arizona State has given up over thirty points to their opponent in eleven straight games coming into this game, and they in Washington managed seven. Seven. I mean, it's just it's it, it, kind of like the Washington State game. It's the way they lost, the way the game played out. Uh, you know, a lot. Still have football left to play. We'll have to see how it plays out, but this uh, it could be a killer. Uh, and then the last game for me from a recap standpoint, I think, is Texas OU or OU Texas, depending which team you cheer for. I know you get mad which team is named first. But since OU won, we'll say OU Texas. It's fair. Which was a good game. It was Great a fun game. game to watch. It really you was. You talk about 17-0. OU jumps out to an early lead, and then Texas is battling back, and then in the fourth quarter – OU's got to stand up and make the plays they got to make to win a football game. I mean, all the way down to the final Texas drive mm-hmm. where Ellinger is, he's got to move and he's got to move and he's got to move and boom, head hits the turf. Hmm. In comes the backup who was the starter. He's going, he's, he's still moving them and he's still moving them. Then he takes a sack and your starter's ready to come back in. It's here you go. Here's the ball. It's second and 17. Go get him, tiger. <laughs> and, and that was it. He couldn't yeah. overcome second and 17. They couldn't get a first down. And you'll lose the game. And so for OU, it's not a it's not a huge win because Texas isn't ranked high enough for it to be a huge win. But I think that that is a solid win. Especially that, coming that, off the loss. Yeah, that's one of those games where all you had to do was survive this week. You had to survive it and you survived it. Right. No, they did. And you know, Baker Mayfield was great. He wasn't perfect. He threw his first pick of the year. Uh tell you, Sooner's pass rusher, Okoronkwo, number thirty one. Always has the dirtiest jersey on the field. He is fun to watch. Uh, he's he's short, but he's not small. Uh, you know, I, he's going to get picked apart through the draft process because he doesn't have the. He better not have thirty-one and a half inch arms, Dane. Otherwise, he goes in the fourth round. Well, he probably will. I mean, he'll kind of like um, you know, like a Yannick Ngakwe, you know, who who was very good for Maryland, but because of his size, the tweener traits fell a little bit, and he's doing a great job for the Jaguars now. I think he's going to get that same type of treatment, but he's a solid player. Uh, I, I mentioned how his jersey's always dirty. It's because he doesn't doesn't let up. He leaves it all on the field, and that showed. Uh, this de- definitely a fun game. 
uh, the rivalry did not uh, did not let us down in this one. Anything else from a recap perspective? What do you got? Uh, let's see here. Oklahoma State, they set a school record with 747 yards of total offense against oh, is that all? Baylor. Uh, that doesn't count. Baylor yeah. stopped playing football this year. James Washington, uh, 235 yards receiving. He now leads the nation with eight catches of at least 40-plus yards. He needs only 782 yards to have the Big 12 record for receiving yards. So that dude is just... How does he do it? Because watching him play, I don't think he's going to time out as a 4-3 guy. No. I think he makes like, all the big... He makes all the downfield plays, all the bombs. I think he's more of a 4-5-2 to 4-5-5. Five, five. And that's not fast in the NFL. No. I mean, that's... It's average uh, for a wide receiver. He's a good athlete, but what... What separates him from me is the fact that he is so strong at the catch point. He his hands are so strong. You just you watch him catch the ball. There's no movement once it touches his hands. I mean, they stick to his hands. It's like a magnet. Um, and he's such a strong finisher. He can win those 50-50 balls. He can get deep. Uh, and it's not just based on speed, but he knows how to stack the corner, get deep, and then separate with some secondary speed down the field. Uh, and that's why for me he is the top senior receiver this year. I don't think he's a first-round pick, but on day two, I think he'd be definitely be type of receiver that you're looking for if you want uh, a game-breaker, maybe a Golden Tate type of receiver. Uh, and then his teammate, Marcel Aitman, who kind of gets overlooked, he also had over 100 yards receiving. Him and Washington are the first pair of receivers on the same team to both go over 100 yards receiving four straight games ever to do it. I, it's, it's never been done before. And, and so I think they deserve some credit. I know it, Big 12 and that offense and blah, 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 I know. But I think you know, you're some saying of these Oklahoma, guys. Oklahoma State offense is okay? Yeah, they're yeah. okay? I'd say they're Pretty okay. decent? Uh, Bedlam will be fun this year in yeah, a couple well, weeks. Yeah, they both need it. Yeah, they do. Um, what else we have here? Uh, I have to talk about Sam Darnold. Uh, Utah game, Saturday night. So I think this game was basically a microcosm of his season overall. Uh, the first half, probably the worst half I've seen him play. Uh, three fumbles, one return for a touchdown. Uh, they only scored seven points, uh, talking about USC. Yeah, another dropped interception, maybe a few others that could have been. Uh, but in typical Darnold fashion, he came back, buckled down, and when it really counted, he was great. In the second half, came back. They had five drives in the second half. Those resulted in one punt, three touchdowns, and then the victory formation. He had eight money downs, third or fourth down, uh, in the second half. He converted seven of them using his legs, using his arm, giving his receivers a chance to make plays. Uh, ironically, it was the first box score this year where he didn't have an interception. But I thought Sam Darnold, the first half, kind of you know, one of the worst I've seen him play. Second half showed exactly why you get excited about him because he – Stepped up when his team needed him most. Pulled out a victory against a Utah team that isn't great, but they're a solid defense. It was uh, Utah is a solid team like they always are. Uh, so th- this was uh, an interesting guy. And I, I, I just, I don't know. I'm going down with that Darnold chip as the top quarterback because I've seen him make too many special plays. Yes, I know he makes mistakes, but I've seen him make too many special plays that I'm going to bet on those special plays. And I'm going to cross my fingers that he can improve on those mistakes, which I think he will. So uh, I think that Utah game kind of really had it all w- with Darnold. Well, and going into this 
season, it seemed like we were supposed to have a couple of marquee guys that were maybe can't miss is too strong in mm-hmm. Darnold and Rosen. But as this college football season plays out, I'm looking at it kind of like last year when it comes to the quarterbacks where there may be a guy you like, there may be a couple of guys you like, but is there like, is Sam Darnold a guy that you're pointing at? And you're like, if you pick him number one, I promise he's got you. He's, right. He's got your franchise. Right. No. I, I haven't seen him. It's and, but when's the last time you did see a quarterback like that? I mean, I kind of felt that way about luck. Yes. And then Jameis and Mariota, I felt good. I felt really good about. Yeah. But even Jameis, I mean, his, his, I, I mean, we, I've said this before. I, it, Darnold's following that Jameis script. I mean, yeah. he was so good as a redshirt freshman and as a sophomore, whether it's putting too much pressure on himself, feeling like he has to do it all, uh, forcing throws, all the interceptions, uh, you know, Jameis, it's, it's something that uh, he's, he's following that, that Jameis script. So, yeah, it's it's a little tough. And you know what? Sam Darnold might not even come out this year, so we'll have to see. All right, anything else from a recap perspective? Or are you ready for my one Twitter question? Uh, one last note I will say. Uh, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but every week I want to try and bring up an underrated prospect who's, who I really like, might be a riser throughout the process. Keep an eye on UTSA pass rusher Marcus Davenport. 6'6", 260 pounds, edge speed, flexibility, finish, uh, he's still very young with his technique, uh, but he's improved every year, and his tape has some really impressive flashes against North Texas up in Denton on Saturday. Four tackles for loss, two and a half sacks, forced fumble. Uh, this guy was all over the place. He dominated. Remember the name Marcus Davenport. All right, Twitter question, Dane. Okay. You ready for it? What we got? This is from Marcus Mosher, my buddy Marcus. Okay. Are jeans overrated? Mm. You're wearing jeans right now. I am right wearing now. jeans this very, this very second. It's cold today. I tell you what, in the last six to eight months, I've found out that there are pants that aren't jeans that you can wear that aren't dress pants. I'm new to this. I got a pair of gray pants, a pair of green pants, and a what, pair what of blue pants. What material are they? Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a material guy. But they're not, you know, they're not slacks. They're just pants. They're not sweatpants? And I wear, no, they're not sweatpants. And I wear them instead of jeans. I've jumped off the jeans train. I don't hmm. know that I'll ever wear a pair of jeans again. Wow. Yeah. So I found pants. So they're overrated. I would say you. that jeans are massively overrated, but the secret is that they've had this longevity. They've been here for right. so long, and they've been so dependable. I mean, if you've got a pair of tough skin blue jeans, you've been wearing them suckers for 40 years. Hmm. You haven't had a problem. So the durability is key. But I'm done with blue jeans. I'm out on blue jeans. Believe I, they're overrated. No, see, I, I, I won't go that far because they're so versatile. Uh, I mean, you can wear them. Um, uh, if you have a nice pair of jeans, you can wear them to church. I mean, you have a sturdy pair of jeans. You can wear them, you know, while you're, you know, if you're working construction, if you're working, you know, a, a, a job with a lot of labor. I mean, it, you can wear them on a date. I mean, you can wear them in so many different situations. Uh, so I think that. I don't know. For me, jeans are still, uh, you know, everyone's got jeans in their closet, right? I mean, even if, even if you, I got dust on them, Dane. But even if you swear off jeans, they're still in your closet. Yeah, I'm not gonna throw them away. Okay, well, yeah, you never know. I I mean, how many, you know, items of clothing can you really say is in almost every single person closet in this country? I mean, it just, I don't know. I for me, because of that reason, it's always going to be a staple. It's never going to go out of style. Uh, I, I. I don't know how to 
say I don't overrated, underrated. I don't know what that means when it comes to jeans, but mm. I'll say they're rated just fine. Okay, I'd call them a mid-round pick when it comes to okay. things for your bottom half. I would say that they are slap in the middle of the fourth round. That's where I put jeans. You know, what? I uh, actually I got another, I, I got another non-football Twitter question. The most overrated and underrated food meal. God, no boundaries here. Any uh, food? That's how the question was poised. So, oh God, um, I think most foods are properly rated. That's like they've been around long enough that we've got an idea on this. Like the steak is at the top of the world because it's the best food. Uh man. Okay, well, based on what society tells you, uh, like for me, so, oh, sushi. Sushi is the most they, overrated food in the history of the planet. That's mine too. Yeah, it's disgusting. It is disgusting. Yeah, but I'm not a fish guy, so I feel like we're really alienating our fish fan base right now. Which I don't care I don't, because yeah, sushi's I don't gross. Either. I don't. I don't get it. I got to learn to eat salmon because I've I've been reading about the health benefits. I might need to cut out a steak a week and slap some salmon into the diet. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, sushi is disgusting. Uh, I don't know why you would eat any sort of animal without cooking it. That's just a bad idea. No. All of it is just it's bad. Yeah, sushi's bad. Uh, for underrated uh, garlic bread, garlic bread's the best food that has ever been made. You can't go wrong with anything garlic. I. I was at the state fair last week and I got some garlic fries. Oh, oh, you should have, yeah. So good. Marinara. Marinara uh, is underrated. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a, a, just a good grilled cheese is underrated. I mean, with a grilled cheese, it's so versatile. I mean, do you go one slice or two slices? I, I like to do two. Um, but you could do, you could do, you know, put us some deli on there, put some turkey oh, yeah. on there. Oh, yeah. You I have mean, to you, almost, some yeah. pulled pork. I mean, yeah. you could. You can dress it up. You can do. You can do just cheese. That's fine. But uh, you don't have to. You can do so many different variations of a grilled cheese. That's why I think it's so underrated. Uh, Best part about the grilled cheese is the budget. Oh yeah. All you need is two slices of bread and some cheese. Now you want butter. For you do your, yeah, for your bread, definitely. but you don't even have to have it. You no. don't have to. And then on top of that, you grab a ninety-nine cent can of chicken noodle soup or tomato soup for dipping. <laughs> sure. And you make two grilled cheeses. And you have a delicious meal that costs you every bit of a dollar seventy-five. You're not wrong. Every bit. You're not wrong. Uh, quick look at the Heisman race. Oh, In and Out Burger is overrated. Well, yeah, that is not good. I feel like we talked about that before. Yeah. Hey, try cooking your fries. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I feel like the Heisman race is has been stagnant. Like, oh, I didn't even think about it. Um, what did uh, Barkley do over the weekend? How's the, he doing? Penn State was off, but oh crap, we're in trouble. Well, I mean, but I mean, Bryce Love is doing his typical thing, you know. It's, I, I Baker Mayfield had a good win over Texas, threw up his first pick, but still was good. I don't know. I, I think we're in a holding pattern until we get to the final, you know, month, and we really have a reason to make some changes. Barkley, Love, Mayfield, one, two, three, and after that, it's anyone's guess. I mean, I don't even four and five. I, you could ask ten different people and get ten different answers about the. Rounding out the top five, it's it's really a stagnant race at this point. Uh, will my guy Lamb Lamb get an invite just for a statistical compilation? Uh, Louisville lost to Boston College over the weekend. I don't care. We're not here to win games anymore. We're here to stack up stats, Dane. Heisman, Heisman stats. cares about winning games, so I I would be surprised. I mean, Lamar Jackson's still going to put up the production, but uh, if they're still losing games, it might be tough for him to get an invite. You know, I don't. I think Bradley Chubb is, I mean, I think we get to the point where we need to start talking about some defensive guys. Bradley Chubb, Minka Fitzpatrick. What about no Heisman winner this year? What about if they just say, you know what? 
We don't think any of you <laughs> earned it. No, I mean, well, I, I will say this. Saquon Barkley the next two weeks has a chance to lock it up. He's got Michigan, who Michigan's got terrible offense, but they have the number one defense in the country, number one run defense in the country. So if Saquon Barkley is able to do something against Michigan this weekend, Saturday night, and then in two weeks or the following week against Ohio State, then Saquon Barkley, I think, you know, could run away with this thing. It's a big if, though. Two pretty solid defenses he has to run against. Is it just kind of? You think it's just him and Baker that if you just take care of business and play well the rest of the way that you kind of hold your your Heisman in your hands there? Yeah. Um, I One dark horse you need to look out for, and you're going to... San Diego State. No. San Diego State. You're going to yell at me for this. I will not. I would never yell at you. JT Barrett. No. See? No. See? No. I knew it. No. All right. Listen, no. Hear me out. Hear me I out. Wrote that, I wrote Ohio State <laughs> off after week one when they won a football game watching them. I was just like, no. But hear now me I, out. Keep, I keep looking at the scoreboard. I'm not even watching them because I quit on them so much after week one when they won. So did I'm I. not so even we... watching their games, but I'm watching the scores, and I'm like, uh-oh. Ohio since State, the OU, they're coming. Since the OU loss, which Ohio State looked terrible, JT Barrett, 22 touchdowns, zero turnovers has been outstanding. It, it looks like that offense is really starting to move. Tim Tebow reborn. We won't really No know. chance as an NFL quarterback. No, I agree. But in terms of the Heisman, he could make a late push. If against Penn State, not this weekend, but next weekend, if he's able to you know, have this type of game that he's been having. Yeah, four and a half yards per carry and like four yards per completion and win but, by 30. No, that's, that's the OU game. I'm, I'm, what he's done the last few weeks again. I mean, what they did against Nebraska was just embarrassing. Uh, they've, I know they haven't played a top tier schedule the last few weeks, but it has gotten that chance to get the offense in sync, gotten the chance to uh, get things rolling, and I think they are. So, I'm not saying that JT Barrett deserves to be in the conversation right now, but the way he's been playing lately, he's on the periphery, and if he has a good game against Penn State, he's squarely back in that top five. Don't let this happen, Barkley. Run for 203 scores, please. Knock this out. All right, let's look at the games we had this weekend. Um, we got good ones. We Not, do. Although it turns out that it really doesn't matter. I'm convinced now it doesn't matter. I didn't need good ones, but I got good ones. This is good. I like uh, this. First up on Thursday, Memphis at Houston. Uh, Riley Ferguson, Anthony Miller show for Memphis. Paxton Lynch versus Case Keenum. <laughs> is that where Keenum went? Yeah. Yeah. Ferguson, more of a mid to late round guy quarterback, but Miller, I think he's a solid day two uh, receiver prospect. And Houston, they're coming off an embarrassing loss at Tulane. They need to bounce back. I'm eager to see Miller up against Houston corner Isaiah Johnson. He's a receiver to corner, convert, uh, big physical, also an underrated prospect to keep an eye on. Saturday, uh, you know, Louisville at Florida State, it's not the same matchup that we saw a year ago with both teams struggling. Uh, Florida State got a solid win over Duke this past week. Louisville somehow gave up 45 points to Boston College. Uh, both of these teams are disappointed, but they both have plenty of NFL talent to watch. And then a few good night games. We talked about Michigan at Penn State. Uh, you know, Michigan, as good as they are uh, on run defense, that'll kind of be the, the question to watch. Maurice Hurst, uh, number 73 for Michigan. That's the main guy to watch on the defensive line. I think... I did want to mention this. I think the top three senior prospects in this year in this year's class have separated themselves. Like it's the top three senior prospects, and then the rest of the seniors. The top three are, and this isn't the exact order. I just think they're top three in whatever order. 
Maurice Hurst, Michigan defensive tackle, number 73. Bradley Chubb, NC State defensive end. And then Harold Landry, the Boston College defensive end, pass rusher. So those three guys are the top three senior prospects this year. It's only October. Things can change. But I'd be very surprised if those weren't the top three seniors drafted uh, next April. A good chance to watch Maurice Hurst on Saturday night against Penn State. USC at Notre Dame. This should be another fun one. Um, Notre Dame can run the ball. USC with Sam Darnold. Uh, A few Big 12 matchups. Oklahoma State at Texas. Oklahoma at Kansas State. And then I want to see Wyoming at Boise State. Let's see how Josh Allen looks uh, midway through the season. So overall... Uh, another good weekend of games. Does Okie State have a better chance to blow out Texas than OU did before that game, even before the game started? Just because for some, for whatever reason, the rivalry game is so insane that it's generally closer. Yeah. And Okie State, it's just it's just not the same, right? As Texas OU. Yeah, no, I agree. And the way Oklahoma State's been rolling uh, since that loss to TCU, uh, yeah, that you know they're going to score points, and can that Texas defense. Uh, they, they've been playing well this year. They didn't play their best against Oklahoma. Uh, so they need to kind of pick themselves up and be ready for an Oklahoma state offense that can beat you through the air. They can beat you on the ground. Uh, Texas defense will really be stretched out against the pokes. Are you done? I'm good. All right. Rock and roll everybody. Thanks for listening to episode number 431 of trust the tape. Give or take. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh at JC 1053 on Twitter. That is Dane Brugler at DP Brugler. Follow us, subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star review, and then add the comment, man, that was some good content. We'll talk to you next week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t